Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Tactic Talk is brought to you by the most active community of outdoor enthusiasts, period. Connect with local hunters, anglers, discuss gear, learn tactics from outdoor headlines, share tales. Go Wild is like a digital campfire with your buddies. If you are posting on other social platforms and finding that content is being restricted, not approved, uh, not meeting community guidelines, you're not going to find that here. This is a platform built for outdoor enthusiasts, hunters, anglers, you name it. Head over to timetogowild.com to learn more. Brought to you by the Where to Hunt podcast. It's Tactical Talk with real hunters getting it done across the nation. Hey everybody, Eric Clark here with the Where to Hunt podcast, and this is another Tactic Talk. Today on the line with us, we have Mark Krebsbach. I got your name right, I hope. Um, and today on Tactic Talk, we want to talk about what took Mark seven years to really kind of figure out and dial in and really make an impact on putting mature bucks down, uh, specifically in the North Woods, or the Big Woods, I should say. And, um, you know, what should you be thinking about end of September into early October? Like, how should hunters be approaching big woods right now yeah thanks eric uh thanks for having me uh you got the name right perfect so uh so what i'm trying to do up in far northeastern minnesota um it's not like anywhere else in the country really it's uh kind of that northern boreal forest uh coniferous a lot of aspen and birch uh kind of mixed in with uh swampy terrain and basically what I'm looking for is terrain features in the big woods, um, where the highland meets lower swampy regions. So, um, I'm looking for natural funnels, um, where deer filter out of bedding area and move into where they're going to be feeding for the night. And uh, a lot of the time that that correlates with where those areas of high ground, um, run along the edges of swamps. Um, a lot of the times those bucks will be bedded, uh, in the swampy kind of cattail marshes. Um, and that's basically where I like to start this time of year, uh, late September, early October, it's, it can be very difficult to actually locate bucks. Um, cause a lot of them are, you know, moving at night. Um, a lot of people talk about the October lull, uh, which is a lot of people say that that's not a thing, but there's definitely a, a point where, where deer move off their summer patterns and into their fall patterns uh, where they aren't, you won't see them where you had normally been seeing them throughout the summer. So a lot of how I'm trying to find these deer is I'd say 50% of the time um, I'm barely hunting. It's I'm carrying my bow, but it's a lot of um, scouting um, what I've found on aerial maps like Onyx and just trying to find those those swampy regions next to high ground and walking that looking for sign uh looking for tracks finding um those natural pinch points and setting up trail cameras i run a lot of trail cameras um 
I'd say right now on three different pieces of public that I'm, that I've been scouting and hunting, I've got about 15 cameras out. So, um, a lot of it is, is just trying to locate where those deer are, where a mature buck is, and then going from there. 15 cameras. That's a, that is a good chunk of, uh, plastic on the woods or whatever. That's, that's good. Um, and just kind of thinking about like more so, you know, you've done some hunts earlier this season in other States. You we're talking about Minnesota specifically when we consider the big woods. So like in Wisconsin, where I'm at, we have the Nicolay in Michigan. They have some big woods up North too. Um, so really like if we just draw a line through those three States and consider the Northern half of that, that's kind of like the areas we're talking about. So it sounds like you're looking at topo maps and looking for that high ground. And when you look at those in a giant properties like that, um, with vast, you know, acres of land, it's really hard to figure out where you're going to go. How, when you start there, by the time you get boots on the ground, like, are you finding an alignment there pretty quickly or are you doing a lot more like hiking, et cetera? It's, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of hiking, a lot of miles. Um, so if I'm, say I'm walking a property and I know I see on the map what it, what it looks like and how I envision it, it will look when I get down there. Uh, you know how it goes. It's never the same, you know, it's never what you think it's going to be. So just getting out there and getting into those, you know, a half mile back on, onto the public land and, and seeing what it looks like and finding, um, you know, you'll find those, those pockets where it'll be, you know, say the edge of a beaver, beaver pond and, um, the, the edge of like some high ground ledge rock. A lot of the times, you know, that those trails on the bottom of that highland, like right on the edge of the swamp is, is what I try to key in on because that's where the deer feel, you know, safe. They're not, they're not bothered a lot. Um, and, and a lot of the times when I'm scouting, it's, you know, in, in Northern Minnesota, it's really hard to walk through the woods quietly because most of our season it's the ground is frozen solid. There's leaves on the ground and stuff. So I'm, I'm usually carrying a stand in on my back and I'm either doing hanging hunts or when I find a spot, I will hang the stand and then come wait for the area to kind of settle down where I, everything that I've bumped out has maybe kind of settled down and came back. And then I'll go and hunt that stand a couple days later um, where I know I can, I can get in without making the noise of, of setting up a stand and blowing the whole area out. Nice. I was just going to ask, you know, we, uh, Greg and I uh, had hunted this last Friday and we got towards like a bottom or you know, swampy and marshy and thinking that's where they're bedding. And, and I'm like, man, it's kind of tough to not make any noise when you're hanging uh, a sit right there and knowing full well that you want them to come out of that area. So you just kind of said like, you, you'll bump them out in some cases, but then you, what you hang that stand, leave it and then come back to it. Yeah, that's, that's what I do a lot of the time. I'll come back to it a couple days later uh, where I know I can get in there quietly and then I'll, then I'll have a better idea of what my access route will be. Cause you know, looking at it, like we said earlier, looking at it, you know, on Onyx, it doesn't look the same when you get down there. Maybe there's a swamp that you can't get across or some, or some, you know, flooded timber that you can't get through. So after you hang the stand and get an idea of what it's going to be like getting in there, you can get in there a lot more quietly than you would say, you know, dragging a lone wolf on your back through that brushy, you know, uh, spruce forest you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. It's loud carrying a stand through that, you know, there's no real quiet way to do it. Otherwise you're going to spend your entire day just trying to be quiet, getting back there. So it makes it, it's just a lot easier to, to hang the stand and then come see what you're dealing with, come back and hunt it a couple days later. 
And how often are you um, like making small adjustments in a hunt? Like, you know, maybe approaching a little bit closer, hanging it, you know, okay, I'm going to tear this down and go like, you know, 20 yards closer to an edge or something like that, or a pinch point. Are you doing anything like that? Or once you've committed to that spot, you're kind of comfortable. I mean, obviously you've had success. So like, you know, what's, what's really working for you there once you have that second sit? Uh, generally, if I don't like what I see on the first sit, when I'm going in the woods, it's, it's to kill things. You know, it's, I'm not, if I'm going deep in a public like that, I'm not really going to observe or see what's out there. I'm, I'm going in with the, with the attitude, like, okay, time to kill tonight. And if I don't like what I see on, on the first sit and I see, you know, I can visual visually see a, a spot that I like better. Maybe I see a deer come out of the swamp. Then I will, after the hunt, I'll tear the stand down and in the dark, I'll kind of bring it over to where I'm going to be going and leave it on the ground and come back ready to go the next day and set it up and hunt that next day or a couple days later. And those adjustments are, are key. You know, I think, look, it's kind of a bit of work to hang these things. In some cases, it's, it's not that terrible, right? You can do it quick enough, but sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm ready here. Right. And it's that small adjustment. I think that can really make a big difference. If you just observe something that you can make a bigger move on. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you do this all the time too, but you know, how, how, how often you get up in a tree and, and you realize like, wow, this isn't that great. Like I can't, I can't see that much. It's, this isn't that great of a spot and it looked good from the ground. You get up there and it's like, where am I going to shoot now? This is a good spot, but I'm, you know, a deer could walk 20 yards away and you won't have a shot at it. So yeah, those, those adjustments, you know, it's, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to make those little adjustments and, and move 20 yards or, or 15 yards or, you know, Yep. Find a better tree or whatever it is. Um, I think that's where like a saddle could be helpful to you because you can move yourself around the tree. Maybe it's a little bit quieter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, having like another tool in your tool bag, so to speak. Yeah. That's uh, a couple of buddies. And I always kind of joke, like, uh, we're not going to get on the saddle train where we'll, we'll never be those guys. And, and, uh, it's, it's looking more and more like, uh, pretty soon here, I'm going to be switching, switching over to a saddle and giving it a try. It's compelling. I mean, what other yeah. things, um, you know, when you think of big woods and giant properties, like what other things have you learned over the last, you mentioned like seven years, it, it took you to figure things out. What really clicked for you that's made those differences? In the, in the swampier um, areas, when I try to look for fingers of, of highland that kind of extend out into swampier areas and then hunt like the bases of those fingers or, or peninsulas, I, you know, cause that, that's where it seems like a lot of the deer like to travel, they either come out of when they want to come out of a swampy area, it seems like they want to go to the first highland that's easiest to get to from the swamp. Um, that's at least from my experience, that's, that's what I've keyed in on. And then are you finding the sign there to back it up to, um, or along the way? Cause I know a lot of people say like hunt the sign on the first sit. If you see good sign, hunt it, you know, um, rather than, Oh, I'll keep going to this destination because, that's the spot I have picked out. Like, are you finding yourself hunting the sign or anything like that? Cause again, like I'm thinking of like the Nicolay national forest where we are, it's just so, so vast. So it's really, it's like a needle in a haystack. You know, you just feel like, is this good? I don't know. There's so many, there's so much land to cover. And that's the, that's the tough thing about, you know, hunting big woods. Cause in, in far Northern Minnesota, there's, there's a lot of things going against you. We, we deal with a huge wolf population. Um, there's, it's the buck to doe ratio is very low. There's not a whole lot of bucks around. So um, when you find buck sign and you either 
knowing by trail cam data or if you see a buck or you see a, a new fresh scrape that's that's where you got to set up because you don't know if you'll run into another one you could go another you know few hundred yards and and realize well i i gotta go back and, and hunt that sign just because the buck numbers are so low in this region that if there's hot sign that's that's where you have to set up sure that makes sense um and as far as like this time of year specifically i know we were touching on just a little bit here and i like what you had to say about the fact that you know is there an october lull is there not an october lull? look they're changing up their patterns um how much time are you putting in the woods? It sounds like you're you're out quite a bit bow in hand. So like, in, it sounds like that's a pretty key ingredient, right? You can't substitute time in. So the, the way my, I'm, I actually work in a mine and the way my schedule works is I'm only scheduled to work 14 shifts a month. And the rest of those, the rest of the time is, is days off and one built in eight day vacation in a month. So every month I have an eight day stretch off. And that's where the majority of my public land hunting is. So um, there's there really isn't any other way to to scout and and to figure figure out where you're going to hunt and, and figure out hunting big woods other than just getting boots on the ground and going and doing it. And and that's what took me so long to to figure out. Um, I I started bow hunting. I I knew nothing. You know, I I was watching the Outdoor Channel and, and watching Michael Waddell and David Blatton shooting 180 inch deer on their on their farms, and I was thinking, well that's what I got to go do. And it just doesn't work like that in, in the big woods in Northern Minnesota. So you just, I just kind of had to learn, teach myself um, by listening. You know, I did a, I did a lot of learning by listening to podcasts, listening to Mark Kenyon, Dan Johnson, uh, Cody DeQuisto, who you just had on. Uh, uh, Dan Infault is a guy that I've learned a ton from because he's, you know, he's the best to ever do it on public land. So um it it just took a lot of trial and error and and really just getting out there and doing it to figure it out that's good man i mean that's the best way to learn is experience and doing it and it's a beautiful place to cut your teeth too it's really pretty pretty landscapes you know sometimes i'd get caught up in like well this looks like a great spot so i hunt it and you know i didn't know any better i didn't know what that was looking for I'm like i don't know a deer might come i might not you know i was hunting the big woods i was young i haven't hunted the big woods in over 10 years so, um, you know, if I had half the knowledge I have now, then I may have had been able to, to turn the needle on something, but even if I went there now, it, there's so much predation, there's so much hunting pressure, the, the population is down up there. It's just a totally different world than the, the more populated areas. And that, that's kind of, when I started bow hunting, I was, I was looking for the scenes that I was seeing on the outdoor channel to, to hunt us. Oh, this looks awesome. I, this is where I need to hunt. This is where those bucks are going to be. It, you know, I see it on TV all the time. So, uh, and it doesn't work like that. You know, it's, it's a totally different ball game up here. Even, even from what you see in like Southern Minnesota, Southern Wisconsin, like that Northern Michigan, Northern Wisconsin, Northern Minnesota is, is such a different ball game than, than those types of woods. Yeah, that, and any, uh, any buck you get up there is hard, hard earned, and it is a trophy. <clears throat> absolutely, it. I uh, that I shot one in 2018, and I'll go into that real quick. I had known that there was a buck that was a three and a half year old that I had seen the year before uh, on trail camera and never had an encounter with him. And that winter, I really kind of tried to key in on where is he betting where where have I seen him on trail camera and correlate 
what time I had seen him on trail camera, which was always at night, and then try to correlate on the map where he would be betting um, in relative to what time I would see him on camera. And and that helped me shoot that, that nice 10-pointer I got two years ago. That was, I had seen him when I went hunting for him and figured out where his bed was. I saw him the night before. I saw him get out of his bed and walk up onto the highland out of a swamp. And the next night when I moved in for, for the kill, I, I brought the stand right to where I saw him the night before. And, and sure enough, he did the exact same thing. And I, I shot him at six yards. Wow. Six yards, man. That's incredible. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. 